Greetings. You are welcome to this global online kingdom network. My name is Shepherd Gideon, and this is powered by the Reconciled Kingdoms International. Let's share a word of prayer as we get into the heart of the message for today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray and we declare that we submit our wills unto you. We ask, Lord, that you teach us, you guide us into all truth, and also that you go on and show us things to come, that we comprehending that which is your ultimate purpose, we will fulfill even the desires that you have upon the earth. In Jesus' name that we have prayed, and everybody will say an amen to that. All right, today I have quite a lot to share with the people of God, so I wouldn't waste much time. We've been dealing with the subject matter, kingdom conceptualizations, and in these teachings, we are still in the process of correcting certain concepts so that we can now lay proper foundations and build thereon. Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ said, and according to this grace given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundations. So always when you want to build something that is lasting, something that is going to impact and transform a generation, you always have to check that the alignment of the foundations of whatever you are doing is in sync with the counsel and the purposes of God. So Jeremiah, the prophet of God, when God declared his mission statement and his job description to him, God told him that, behold, I have set you over kingdoms and nations this day and before the guy could actually exercise and demonstrate and exhibit the dominion power and mandate that god had entrusted to him there was a certain procedure that he had to follow and he needed to observe certain protocols so god told him that you have to first begin by rooting out throwing down searing up destroying and then after that you can go ahead and then build and then plant so anytime god seeks to bring a revolutionary teaching the current and the previous teachings that is not accurate and perfect we first have to sear up throw down root out and destroy all those wrong concepts before we can now begin to build for the lord and also to plant the thoughts of god in the heart of his people and that is my assignment today and today i believe i am going to do maximum one hour because it's a special one because it's a special season for me and it has to also be for the people of god as well so i've been touching on the concepts concerning the book of regulations that all of us derive our animation from the bible and the holy spirit has been helping to realign our thoughts patterns and then our conceptualized ideas 
concerning what the Bible really is, but he has begun in helping us to know and to identify what the Bible is not. So these are very controversial issues, but the Holy Spirit is helping us with the sword of the Spirit, and he is dividing the Spirit from the soul and separating asunder even the joint of the bones and even the marrow. So the first point that I touch on, I said that the Bible is not the word of God. Number two, I said that the Bible is not the way of God. Number three, I said the Bible is not the truth of God. And number four, I said the Bible is not the life of God. Today, we add one more to what we have already received and I believe this one is the elephant out of the box. Today, I touch on the point that, point number six, I am dealing with the Bible, point number five, sorry, the Bible is not perfect and complete. The Bible is not perfect and it's also not complete. I repeat, the Bible is not perfect and it is not complete so let's begin to digest this word and then see how the spirit of god is going to help bring the message home so that everybody can have their own fair share of this insightful truth okay let's begin by reading from the bible because every time you lay hand on a product the product itself contains its manual and inside of that manual there are instructions there are regulations there are promises there are guarantees and there are warranties and the manual is what informs you about the product that you are about to use so the bible itself contains its own manual that's why the bible declares that by the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every issue be established so whenever you are dealing with something that is called um the correct standardized principles of interpreting scriptures there is a guideline that must guide you as to how you go about the interpretation of the scriptures and this is what we call systematic theology and in systematic theology there is that concept that every thought of line that can qualify to be taught as doctrine it has to have three qualifications number one it must have been communicated in the old testament so that idea has to be captured in the old testament number two that same idea must and should have been communicated by jesus christ during his earthly work when he came in bodily form so jesus should and must have communicated that same idea and then number three that same idea should have also been captured and communicated and propagated by the early church and then the apostles of 
old and the beginning of the book of Acts. So, until there are these three witnesses crystallizing a synergy whereby the the past, the present, and even the futuristic um, projections of ideas can relate together and paint a perfect picture, that thing cannot be taught as doctrine. So according to these principles as well, a verse of scripture isolated cannot be taught as doctrine, and you cannot make doctrines out of verses. So you cannot just take one verse and then make it a doctrine. No. Whatever you are doing, the Bible or the scriptures is without a private interpretation and that the scriptures must interpret itself and it must explain itself. So we are not at liberty to explain the Bible outside the boundaries of scriptures. I believe I have helped somebody with this little introduction now therefore let's proceed please the bible has been used in almost every nation of the world to communicate certain ideas and to program certain concepts and belief systems in the hearts and in the minds of people and this become the resultant effects as to the actions of people the reactions of people the responses of people in society can all be traced back to a certain knowledge that they derived from the book called the bible and most people have become close-minded that anything that is not captured in the Bible, they are not willing to receive it and they are not willing to welcome it. But that is because they have that idea and they have that concept in their mind that the Bible is perfect and is complete. But today, I humbly present to the people of God and to the body of Christ that the Bible is not perfect and it is also not complete. Let's look at scriptures and let's begin to explain and do some biblical exegesis here. And point I may bet share idea wo hono. And say Bible no enye pe na enye mudi na enye pepe pe. Inti Bible no pepe pe yo. And say enye mudi no. Asembisebi ewa hum. Na, mejidi yese, Bible no enye pepepe. Sansu na Bible nensu enye mudie. Ono huasem ena enemenemo eba abeche. So, let's begin with our first scripture. Now, whenever we talk about perfection, we are trying to deal with an idea of something that goes beyond excellence anything that goes beyond excellence or anything that contains the quality of being outlandish when we say something is outlandish we are simply saying the thing is out of the standards of this world 
the Bible does not contain the perfect knowledge of God. And it does not contain the perfect will of God in its full details. Please, everything I'm saying, I am choosing the words carefully. And the Bible is also not complete. It means that there are certain details that is lost from the Bible. And there are certain things that is not accurate and it is not true. There are many things in the Bible that actually are products of ignorance. Let me give you a very early example. Remember the conversation that transpired between Job and then God. Before God came to address Job, Job had already made a lot of declarations and he has pronounced certain speeches and presented certain thought of lies and then communicated various ideas concerning God, his ways, his acts. And he had also declared certain things about even human beings and mankind. For instance, he says that a person that is born of a woman is bound unto suffering and afflictions, and all the number of his days is full of sorrows. But this idea, a lot of people are also repeating and teaching it, and they don't know that they are dis disseminating error and they are communicating corrupted knowledge. Later on, we find out that when God now confronted Job, Job now made a confession that, Oh Lord, oh God, forgive me for knowing did I not know, and in my ignorance, I have said these things. So certain things that you found in the Bible are actually communications of ignorance. So when you begin to feed these things into your belief system, when you begin to feed these things to your mind, you are thinking you are receiving a very divine education and enlightenment, but you do not know that you are simply helping destroy your very self by feeding your mind with thoughts of ignorance. So there are a lot of things that is not the truth about you and about God and about the will of God. And yet you find all these details scattered in the Bible. So let's begin. Let's begin with somebody who has a higher accreditation and somebody who has been licensed to bear witness of jesus christ maybe i am not qualified enough so let's look at the people who all of us will agree that as for them they qualify especially when somebody is in the bible we believe that those people are exceptional people and that those people they are supernatural superhumans and then everything they say is true but it is not so the fact that somebody record is captured in the Bible does not mean the person's knowledge about God was accurate. There are things that the prophet Daniel, imagine his credibility, and the Bible says concerning this Daniel that 
God had given him understanding and insight and wisdom in all dreams and visions and interpretation of dark speeches, and he could understand and dissolve doubts. If you hear the credentials of such a man, you will be thinking that whatever that person knows is all there is to know about God until we find an encounter between Daniel and then the angel Gabriel. And after he had been made to see certain visions, he was, he was asking the angel that, what is the meaning of these things? And the angel told him, oh, Daniel, close the book and seal it up, for these things is appointed unto a time to come. Go thy way. So, the visions that Daniel even saw, he did not understand all them, all of those visions, and he did not know the true details of what he had seen. Another person that most people believe in is Elijah, the great prophet of God. When we hear such names, we sit back and then we, um, we, we brace for impact because we believe that whatever that person is going to say has the absolute accuracy of communicating the thoughts of God. And yet, this prophet was telling God that, oh Lord, oh God, they have killed all your prophets and it is only I that is left. And God had to correct him immediately that, Mr. Man, this, this pronouncement that you have just made, it is not correct. No matter your prophetic ability and no matter how razor-sharp precisions your speakings of the Spirit is, as for this one, you have gotten it wrong. And then God now told him, I have 7,000 men who have not bowed their knees, nor even confessed with their tongue the name of Baal, and they are kept under the custody of Obadiah. Now, it, to, to think that a major prophet like Elijah could actually miss that, that great proportion of information. How can God be having 7,000 representatives on earth? And the prophet was saying, it is only me that is left that I don't see anybody else. Another person that we believe in the Bible say, speaks highly of him is the major prophet Samuel. The Bible says he was a man whose words never fell to the ground. He was very powerful and when he prophesies, it is surely going to come to pass as surely as sun will rise tomorrow. And yet, he was sent on an errand by God. I have chosen for myself a king in the house of Jesse. Go and anoint him for me. He got there and with all his prophetic ability and with all his ability to see into the realm of the spirit, he still could not identify who God had chosen. He, mis he misappointed another person and God had to come in and also correct him quickly that you have made a mistake. You have gotten it wrong. This is not the person that I have chosen. It is David that I have chosen. So, people of God, you have to understand that the fact that somebody is in the Bible does not mean that the person's opinions and perspective about God is the perfect 
and the ultimate knowledge there is to know about God. All of such people have their own shortcomings, they have their weaknesses, and they have their own uh, misconceptualized ideas that they, they captured in the Bible. And such things is not supposed to be communicated again to the people of God, and they are not supposed to be feeding on such information because all those things are erroneous teachings. Now, let's come back to the man that I want to speak concerning, the man John, John the Apostle of Jesus Christ. This John was the closest apostle to Jesus when Jesus was on earth. The Bible, the Bible actually says that John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, it is very important to, to notice that Jesus loved him. Why is it important to emphasize on Jesus loving him? Because the Bible says that God reveals his secret thoughts to those that he loves and those that loves him. Meaning that if you find somebody that the Bible was not careful to declare that God loved him, it means that person have access to certain secrets of God. And the person's opinions really matters. Now let's look at what John, the apostle of Jesus, wrote concerning the scriptures and even what will later on be compiled and be called the bible john chapter 21 my first scripture for today john chapter 21 we are reading the verse number 24 and verse 25 john 21 verse 24 and 25 this is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things and we know that his testimony is true Please notice that the testimony of John concerning Jesus, it was said that his testimony was authentic. It was original. It was true. It was this same John that saw all the revelations that was recorded in the book called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. So this guy was not a naive Christian who has just started out with God. This guy was one that had been given access to depth of knowledge concerning who the Christ truly is. His testimony was approved by all the apostles and the disciples and the believers that his testimony is true. So he has something else to tell us in the, in the verse number 25. What did he say? He says, and there are also many other things. Please take note that he is not saying there are a few other things. He says, there are many other things which Jesus did. Now, you have to keep it in your mind that Jesus is the word of God. Meaning that there are many things that the word of God did. And there are many things that the word of God said. There are many things that the word of God exhibited. And all those things that he did captures certain relevant principles that can be captured and then used to produce the possibilities and the results of God. 
many other things which Jesus did. The which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. So John is clearly telling us that all the things that Jesus did and all the things that Jesus said, many of those things was not captured in the Bible. It was not written. Now, do we all agree that Jesus is the Son of God? Of course, we will say yes. Do we all agree that Jesus is the Word of God? Of course, we will say yes. Now, if Jesus truly is the Word of God, it also means that whatever he communicates is the Word of God. Is that not so? And yet, we are being just told now that many of the things concerning the Word is not located in the Bible. So already, the Bible itself is making a confession that whenever you begin to take me and read me, I want to give you a word of caution that I am not complete. I don't have all the knowledge concerning God. I don't have all the information concerning the word of God. I only have some. I am having certain levels of deficiencies and inaccuracies. I am having certain levels of depreciation concerning the information that has to do with the word of God. So already, this verse of scripture is telling us that the Bible does not contain all the details about God and the word of God. Let's move on to yet again another scripture the bible is not perfect and it's not complete now if the bible is not containing all the things that jesus did and said then it means it is not complete if you are having a thousand students in an institution and then you you call for an assembly and only 100 students showed up on the assembly grounds. Please answer. Do you have the perfect and the complete number of students in the institution in the assembly grounds? Of course, no. So it means that the people you have, the number of students that you have, they are not complete and they are not perfect yet until the 900 join them and then they will now be complete this is the reason why most people find difficulty trying to comprehend the bible because there are missing parts and missing pieces that until those parts are inserted into the formula of the bible you cannot have the perfect comprehension of what you are reading. And to John, I can't show you and say, and you are not brave, ah, Jesus Christ, yeah, you know. Say, you are training now, and can, and you are not training, 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 and you are not 
and in Samawa Kayano, because it is always within the character and the nature of God that God never does anything without consulting His word. On Quetina Sem Enye Bibia, so the sequence of God is that answer now, Bunsen Yankupon Eye Bibino, now a din kind Akan Bibi. In this Bible, Nekas and Nema or Yaya no Bebre Yankra. Estresse and Nema Bebre so a wa or Kaya or non so yankre. But the Awakaya and the Awaya and Ninansu in Yamiasem. And so any Bible name. And if you are depending on just the Bible to know God and to know the word of God, you only know a little fraction concerning who God is. You don't know much about God. That point being established. Let's move on to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We will read the first, the verse number 5 and 6 and skip and read verse number 10 as well. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5 and 6. Now, this was Paul writing to the church of Corinth. And then he has these things to say. Now, Paul is a highly esteemed apostle when it has to do with the body of Christ and even the kingdom of God. So he is one whose opinion is highly respected and is highly valued and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction in righteousness so that the man of God will be thoroughly finished and perfect. So Paul Whenever he says something, it is very important to pay attention to what he has to say. This was a man that was having a lot of mysteries. He had too much mysteries. He had mystery over those that he was even sick because of the mysteries. He says, and because of the abundance of the revelation that is communicated to me, I have been given a thorn in the flesh. So if we want to know mysteries about God, one of the people we have to consult is Paul the Apostle. What did he say? Verse 5 of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, Now that we now, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Let me take my time and explain everything that is being said here. Paul the Apostle is telling us that he began by saying that do we need letters of commendation or do we need certain epistles to confirm our apostleship? And then he begins to talk about the work that he has been doing how that he has managed to transform human beings into what he calls epistles. He looked at certain people and says, you are my epistles, written not in ink, but in the fleshly tablet of the heart, and you are being read by people. So if you meet the student of Paul, they themselves are the epistles of Paul. What is an epistle? An epistle is a letter that contains a specific central message. A letter that contains a specific centralized message. That is what is called an epistle. 
And Paul is saying that as for him, Paul, he does not write scriptures with ink. He manages to inscribe and engrave details and information in the hearts of people. So when he gets to verse number five, he knew that many people will begin to question his audacity as to what makes him think and believe that he qualifies to write epistles outside scriptures that was already available. And then he says, it is not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. And yes, I yeah, yeah, we are mudie and I yeah, we are And then he goes on to say, but our sufficiency is God. So anytime Paul reads the scriptures, anytime Paul reads the Bible, and then he is not getting proper understanding. He knows that the Bible is not sufficient enough to give him sufficient knowledge about God. Paul knew that. Paul said, sufficient information. Or see, what he consults is not the Bible. He consults God himself. Now, the Bible was written to guide those who don't have access to God. People wrote their experiences and their encounter and their discoveries about God in scriptures. So that those who don't have access to that God, they will learn about God from the Bible. Now, the question is, those who wrote the Bible, what were they reading? They were reading certain epistles, but the epistle they were reading was called Jesus. It wasn't, it wasn't a book. So there are those who read books, and there are those who read God. What we have read, my brothers and sisters, is not just the Bible. We have been reading God. So he goes on to say, our sufficiency is of God. Now, according to the first scripture that I made us to read in John 21, verse 25, the Bible is telling you that it doesn't have sufficient knowledge. Meaning, if you are ever interested in getting sufficient knowledge, what you have to read is not just the Bible, you have to read God. Have you been reading God? Can you read God? Have you ever handled God before? Or all you have is a Bible. Our sufficiency is of God. So all the details about God that the Bible could not capture, it has been encapsulated into the spirit of God. That's why the Bible says it is the spirit that searches all things. The Bible is not containing all things. It has clearly admitted that it is not containing many things that Jesus did. But there is a spirit that contains not some, but all things, even the deep things of God, and he, not it, he has made them known unto us. There is a certain body of knowledge concerning God that you cannot have access to if all you have is the Bible. Our sufficiency is of God. 
If you want sufficient knowledge about God, my brothers and sisters, you have to sustain the intelligence that you have to go beyond the Bible. Verse number six, it says, Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. So Paul was saying that his ordination certificate was not given to him by a theological seminar. What gives him his ordination is that the spirit of God that was given to him, that was his ordination. He was not attending lectures in an in a theological institution and then he was given a certificate of accreditation no his accreditation is the spirit of god so when he talks about god making them able ministers of the new testament now in the new testament the words of people are regarded as the words of god <sighs> Jesus himself sent his disciples and then he said to them, if any man will not hear your word, he did not say if any man will not hear the word of God. He says, if any man will not hear your word. And at a point he said, and whosoever heareth you have also heard me. Until you understand your oneness with God, you cannot exercise dominion over the cosmos. Whoever heareth you have heard me. So in other words, what Jesus is saying is that your words now will be regarded as the words of God. The Bible says that he has made us partakers of the divine nature. What does it mean to be a partaker of the divine nature? It means if God speaks and then the utterances of God is regarded as divine. It means those who are born of God, when they speak, their utterances are also divine. Because it is written that whatsoever is born of God overcomes. If you believe that the word of God is powerful, guess what God also believes? God also believes that your word is powerful. That's why Jesus said, and whoever will pray and shall believe those things that he himself is saying, he shall have them. He did not say that if you believe the things God has said, as you are being encouraged to believe the word of God, God is also encouraging you to believe your own words. The Bible is not perfect and is not complete. So Paul goes on to tell us that the letter, he was not made an apostle by the letter. The letter is referring to that which is written. So the guy was not made an apostle because he has been reading the books of God. He was made an apostle because he was given the witness of the spirit in himself. The Bible says that he that God sent, he given him not the spirit in measure, but in full. The living word. The letter kills, but the spirit makes alive. Now, the letter, we read it. The spirit, he speaks. 
The Bible says, let he that has an ear listen or hear what the Spirit is saying. He did not say that, let him read what the Spirit has written. The letter kills. That's why we all of us, we have Bibles and yet we don't have the power of God. The Spirit makes alive. Jesus says, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Jesus did not say the words that I have written. He says the words that I speak. Yesterday, as I was doing my meditation, the Holy Spirit said to me a very interesting statement. He says, the word of God is a verb. It's not a noun. <laughs> the word of God is a verb. Now, in elementary school, they teach you that a verb is a doing word. The word of God goes beyond just what you can name. It is active. It is alive. Let's read another scripture, still building on the point and the idea that the Bible is not complete and it is not perfect. Let's read from the book of, before we go to the book of Hebrews, let's read the verse number 10. Verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 3, he says, For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. Now, Paul was making direct comparison between the glory of what was written from the time of Moses to Malachi. The word glory there is referring to nature. Everything that they wrote concerning God, it could not describe the nature of God in its perfection. But there comes one who says that he himself is the word. And the Bible says, for he is the visible image of the invisible God. He is the express image of his glory. So if you really want to know what the glory of God is, what is written cannot teach you enough. There is a glory that excels an excellent glory and there is a glory that is inferior so paul was saying that the, the writings of moses and the glory of it the nature that the writings of moses was trying to describe that's why when Jesus came, he needed to be doing a lot of corrections in the understanding of the people. They will tell Jesus, Moses said, it is written, Moses said, and Jesus says, but I say to you. Because Moses was not seeing what was perfect. Moses, no matter how great a prophet he was, he was seeing in shadows and in types. He never saw the perfect glory. He begged God and God says, you will not see my face. I will show you my back. Moses never saw the face of God. But as for us, that's why the Bible says, of all the children born of women, there is none greater than John. But he that is even the least in the kingdom, he is greater than John. Why? That is because we have a more exceeding glory. 
Huh. Why are we superior? Because we have seen the face of God. The Bible says, but we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in, in a glass, the image of the glory of God, we are changed into that same image from glory to glory. Moses never had that opportunity to see with an open face. But as for us, we have seen. Our eyes have seen the Lord. That's why John the Apostle, he said, as for us, the things that we have seen, what we have handled and what we have proven to be true is what we testify to you. The things that we teach and preach is not things that we have just read. They are things that we have seen, we have experienced, we have fellowshiped and have an intimate connection with these things. We have become the word. Whoever sh shall hear you have heard me. So repeating what Jesus said sometimes cannot re reproduce power. But being inspired by him for you to say is what produces the power. Because out of the mouths of babes and sucklings have the Lord ordained strength that they might steal the enemy and the avenger. If you are waiting for God to come and make your enemy steal, your enemy will be roaming around, parading and causing all kinds of havoc and destruction forever. God will keep watching your enemy destroy you. He will do nothing. Because the power to destroy your enemy is not in the mouth of God. He has put it in your mouth. Do you know that your word is the word of God? Jesus said, have not I said that you all, you are God, and all of you are children of the Most High. Now, if you are God, and you are speaking, the words you are speaking, what is it? If God speaks, we say that it is the word of God. Now, God is also telling you that you, you are God. So if you too, you begin to speak, the words that are coming out of your mouth, is it the word of who? Is it not the word of God? But as for you, you are like the Pharisees. The words that we speak, that is because we are not speaking, being inspired by our own selves, our sufficiency is of God. The inaccuracies in the Bible, you can only find the accurate truth in us because the spirit of truth is inside of us. The library of God, it is not in heaven. It is inside of us. Every book that contains knowledge about God, it's not in heaven. It is inside of you. Have you been reading your mind and have you been reading your heart? And can you find the word of God in your heart and in your mind? I will come to that scripture. But let's proceed. Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Let's read the verse number 18 and 19. Hebrews 7 verse 18 and 19. So, people of God, there is a glory that is excellent and there is a glory that is inferior. Which one do you want? The glory that the writings of old project 
is inferior. But the glory that the Spirit of God manifests is excellent. The Bible says, we beheld him and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Not because he has been reading the Bible, but the Bible says, he himself, he was full of grace and truth. He was an entire institution of knowledge. You never see Jesus carrying lesson notes, going to preach. He preached being inspired. To a point, he said, the words that I speak, it is not the, it is not my words, but the Father that liveth in me. He did not even say it is the words of the scriptures or the words from the Bible. He says, the words that I speak, it is not mine, but it is the words of he that lives in me. If God is in you, my brother, your words have to be regarded as the words of God. You see, the reason why the devil don't respect you is because you yourself, you don't know the, the power and the mandate vested in the words of your mouth. Is it not written in your Bible that you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you? Who shall decree it? Is it God? He says you. The Bible says, when men are cast down, thou shalt declare there is a lifting up. When you are cast down and you are praying, oh, you will be on the ground. Because the person who is supposed to speak concerning your elevation is yourself. When men are cast down, thou shalt declare. He did not say God will declare. He says, you shall declare. There is a lifting up. The Bible says, God confirms the words of his servants. He does not just confirm his own word. He confirms the words of his servants. When you take your Bible, you find there written that Joshua said to the son, stand thou still. It is not written in the Bible. The question is, where did Joshua read that statement from? Where did he get that statement from? And the Bible says the son obeyed him. It did not obey God. It obeyed him. Huh. The Bible says how that Elisha prayed and said, Oh Lord, oh God, that you will open the eyes of my servant. And the Bible says, And the eyes of the servant of Elisha was opened according to the words of Elisha, not according to the word of God. Do you know where the word of God is? That's why in the book of Romans, the Bible says, do not say who will ascend up, that is to bring Christ down, or who shall descend low, that is to bring Christ up again. For he that descended is the same that ascended. And then he says, look, behold, the gospel that we preach, it is now you and it is even in your mouth. The word of God is not in the book. The word of God is in your mouth. But of course, most people, we also don't even know where our mouth is. There is a difference between your lips and your mouth. But that is a subject for another day. The word of God. The word of God. If you are going to speak and your speech will be with power, you have to understand the correct concept of the Bible. The Bible says when Jesus spoke, he did not speak as the Pharisees and the scribes, but his words were with power and with authority. How powerful are your words? Even when you are declaring things, you are even afraid because you know it will not work. 
if you shall say to this mountain he did not say if god will come and tell them he said you shall say to the mountain and most of us we keep begging god to come and talk to our mountain god don't talk to your mountain he only talks to his own mountain talk to your own mountain moses says oh god he said why criest thou unto me come go and open up the sea and yet the guy never attended school where they teach people how to open the sea the word that i speak the letter kills if all you keep doing is feeding yourself with the letter you can never experience the life of god because the letter don't carry life it is the words that is spoken hebrews today i am really dealing with this thing once and for all and wherever the time will stop i will stop but i have to finish okay hebrews now chapter 7 verse 18 and 19. for there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof when you read the niv version he says there has been a cancellation and a putting away of the commandments that were written because it was weak and it was useless it's not me saying it read it from your own bible for there is verily a disannulling so there are things that has been written that it is cancelled for instance, you find in the Bible this statement that our fathers have eaten sour grapes and their children's teeth is set on the edge. It is no longer legal line upon line precept upon precept he says behold as surely as i i am the lord you will have no need to use this proverb in israel again saying that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on the edge for the son will not suffer for the sins of the father neither will the father suffer for the sins of the son the soul that sinned the same shall die and for many years, when are you going to stop? Do you not know that it is no longer valid? Do you no longer know that it is no longer illegal? It is illegal for you to suffer for the sins of somebody else. It is illegal. But because you don't know what the Bible really is, anything you find there, you think it is talking about you. The things that was written are for time. It was spoken to our fathers, not you. If we are supposed to be applying everything in the Bible, why don't you go ahead and marry the wife of your brother when your brother dies? Why don't you do that? You say it's incest. But in the Bible, when people marry and then they die, the brother of that dead person will have to marry the wife why are you not doing that yet it is in the bible 
It is not everything that you find in the Bible that is applicable to your life and to your destiny. Even Jesus himself was wise enough to know that it's not everything in the Bible that concerns him. The Bible says he expanded to them the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So the, the commandments, the laws, the systems of commandments, I'm still reading from the book of Hebrews 7 verse 18. The carnal laws and the ritual commandment, the Bible says it has been cancelled. Why has it been cancelled? Because it is weak and it is useless. Imagine that the Bible itself is telling you that it contains useless information. So whilst you are busy reading, thinking you are doing morning devotion, you are feeding your mind with useless information. Huh. We are being very blunt. Paul says, therefore we speak with the plainness of speech so that you can comprehend what is the mystery of God. So, verily, there has been a cancellation of the commandment that was given before because those commandments was weak and it was unprofitable. It was useless. Verse 19, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw near to God. What is this verse 19 saying? What he's saying is that the law, and I will come and teach on law, it is not every law that has been cancelled. There is what is called, let me quickly brush through, there is what is called the the divine law there is what is called the natural law we have the legislative law and then we have the um, ritual laws the ritual laws is what is being referred to here not divine law not natural laws the law made nothing perfect so if you are still applying the law the carnal law and the ritual laws you are applying something that will make you not perfect. So how do you become perfect? If after studying all the laws of God in the Bible, you are not perfect, what will make you perfect? He says, but the coming of, but the bringing in of a better hope did. What is hope? The Bible says, Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope, of glory so until you find that christ registered in you if all you have is the laws from the bible in you you are not perfect yet you are yet to begin the journey of perfection so until you have access to the perfect law you cannot draw near to god meaning to say that the details in the bible it still creates a gap between you and God. Because all these people who were worshipping God, they were using scriptures. And yet Jesus comes and then he says, these people claim to worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And yet you go into the heart of these people and their heart is filled with the content of the scriptures. And yet Jesus is still saying, they are far from me. They have never heard my voice. They've never seen my shape. And they do not have my word. Before you can draw near to God, 
before you can have a closer look into the things of God, you have to take a step further beyond the scriptures and the Bible. Let's read another more scripture. Perfection. If the Bible is not perfect and it is containing some useless and weak information, where are we going to get the relevant ones? Let's read from the book of James. James chapter... James 125. Let's read it. Very interesting. But whosoever looked into the perfect law of liberty. Now, from the previous verse, we have just discovered that the, the law did not make anyone perfect. So, looking into the law, you are looking into something that is not perfect. And now the Bible is saying there is that which is called a perfect law. So we have two things here, the imperfect law and the perfect law. And then it says for you to have something that is called perfect law, it has to guarantee liberty. Now we all know where liberty can be gotten from. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So if the word you have is by the letter, if it is not by the spirit, you don't have the perfect law. It takes the spirit of God to give you the correct, the precise, and the accurate word of God. The Bible don't contain that one. Whosoever looked into the perfect law of liberty, meaning that what you must observe and what you must look into, when you are doing your research work concerning God, you don't just keep researching from Bible. You have to look into the perfect law. And the perfect law is the spirit of God. Can you, be, can you read the spirit of God like a book? Can you open the various chapters and verses of not the Bible, but the spirit of God? That you are reading the spirit chapter 2. Spirit chapter 4, verse 28. Thou sayest the Lord. This is what the Spirit of God is saying, not what the Bible is saying. If you can look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. The perfect law of liberty. Being a doer, that's why I said, the word of God is a verb, it's not a noun. <laughs> are, you, are you having the doing word or do you have the written word? How powerful is your word of God? Are you calling the Bible your word of God? But there are those who have the word of God not written in the book, it's written inside their hearts. The perfect law of liberty. Let me rush because my time is due. Let's then go on and read the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, where we are told about liberty. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, let's read verse number 17. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is that spirit 
please take note of every word here now the lord is that spirit hmm. and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty the lord is that spirit so if your if what you are reading is not the lord then what you are reading is not the word that can give you liberty the people that wrote the bible and the scriptures they were not reading bible and scriptures they were reading the lord they were reading god and they were very kind enough to write it so that those who cannot have access to god will result in depending on what is written but those who have access to god they don't only just read what is written they read who is living john said and i heard a voice call and when i turned i saw him the one that stood in the midst of the seven candlesticks and he begins now to give descriptions of what he was looking at he was looking now at the perfect law The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now let's do a little um, investigation here. The Bible is telling you that if you want to be free, if you want to experience a liberated life, make sure you find the place where the Lord and his spirit is. Now question, where is the spirit of God located? Does the Bible contain the Spirit of God? Does the Bible have the Spirit of God? Does the Holy Spirit live in the Bible? Of course not. So the Bible itself, it does not have liberty. Meaning to say it cannot liberate you. Because you can only give what you have. If liberty can only be found at the disposal where the Spirit of God is, and yet the Bible don't contain the Spirit of God, where is the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is not in heaven. The Bible says, and on that day, as they were gathered in the upper room and they were praying, there came a mighty rushing wind and the spirit of the Lord filled the place where they were and they were all filled with the spirit of God. The Bible says, for I will dwell in them and I will walk in them. Have you been listening to the Spirit of God and what he's saying? Do you know that whatever the Spirit of God says is not the word of the Spirit, it's the word of God? I'm confusing you. Eh? Jesus said, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will declare unto you that which he has heard of me, he will not speak of himself, but that which he shall hear from me, that is what he will say to you. We will read that scripture very soon. So if you really want to know the word of God, you have to depend on the spirit of that word, not just the letter of the word.
everybody at all can have a Bible. Even rapists have Bibles. But do they have the Spirit of God? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty. You will only experience liberation from the carnal and the weak and the useless laws when you have the Spirit dwelling in you. The Bible says, and come at that time, they shall have no need for another to teach his neighbor, but they all, from the least to the greatest, they will all know the Lord. For as for you, you have received the unction of God and the spirit of truth that is in you, which teaches you all things, which things are true. What, what is teaching you? The Bible is not complete and it is not perfect. But there is the perfect law of liberty. That anything about God that the Bible cannot tell you, you can outsource it from elsewhere. The Spirit. Let's read quickly another verse and let's rush. Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 14. Hebrews 10 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hallelujah. If the Bible is not perfect, and yet you find somebody who is declared perfect, then it means the words of that person is also regarded as scriptures. This is why Elijah will say something like, if I be a man of God, and what, what the next statement that he will declare, it was not written anywhere. It came out of his mind. It came out of his heart. It came from his spirit. The Bible says out of the heart comes all the issues of life, life. And yet Jesus says, I am the life. Life only comes from the heart, not from a book. Life comes from the heart, not from a book. That is why you have the Bible and yet you cannot live the life of God. You cannot live the life of God, yet you have the Bible. Because what you have in your heart is not God. What you have in your heart is the Bible. He has perfected forever. Men and brethren, even the Bible depends on us to know more about God. If you think I am saying outrageous things, Read your Bible very carefully. The Bible says, Behold, I have made man for my glory. The reason why God made man was so that anybody who, who is interested in studying or knowing about the nature of God, what you read is not books, you read men. Kela Sufa Hakas. The Bible depends on us to know more about God because the Bible is limited. The Bible itself aspires to be like us. How the Bible wishes if it can receive the Holy Spirit. But it cannot receive the Holy Spirit 
It is we that have received the spirit of God. We have received the mind of God. That is why we can boldly declare that we know, we know him. The Bible declares that, let him that boast, boast in this, that he both knoweth and understandeth I, the Lord, who execute justice, righteousness, and judgment upon the earth. Do you know and understand God, or do you know about God? He has perfected forever. The reason why he's saying he has perfected forever is because everything concerning God is deposited in the spirit of God. That's why the Bible says, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit, he does not know certain things about God. He knows everything about God. But the Bible don't know everything about God. The Bible does not have every information about God. It clearly admitted it in John 21, verse 25. It says, many other things did Jesus that was not written. The Bible itself is lacking information. But the reason why we are called perfect, the reason why we have the accurate word is because we have received the altar of the word itself the same spirit that was giving jesus a poor jesus himself confessed to the fact that the words that he was speaking it was not his own words he was copying it from the spirit he says the father speaketh, and the son speak also whatever i see the father do that is what i do the words that i speak are not mine but the words of the father that lives in me you have received the spirit that contains every possible knowledge about God. And yet you are limiting yourself and changing your reward. Thinking and having that wrong concept that the Bible is complete. The Bible is not complete. The only thing that completes you is the spirit that has it all. He has perfected forever. Did, did you even know that you, are, you have been made perfect? Oh, there is no human being who is perfect. Oh, it is you that is not perfect. There are those of us that are perfect. Not because we are sufficient of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Our perfection is of God. He has covered our deficiencies and now he declares my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect perfect in your weakness so if you have wrong self-actualized concept about yourself don't don't address it to everybody it's not every human being that is weak there are those whose weaknesses have been superimposed with the strength with the strength of god he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. So the people that have been sanctified, they have perfect knowledge, perfect wisdom, perfect law that guarantees liberty. The Bible never says that as many as are led and guided by the Bible, they are the sons of God. The Bible never says that. 
It says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, the question is, what is leading you and what is guiding and directing you? Are you being led by the Bible or you are being led by the Spirit? If you are being led by the Bible, I can guarantee very soon you will die. I am not saying it. The Bible told you, the letter kills, but the Spirit giveth life. As many as are led by the Spirit. The reason why I'm in breed ding, 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 nah, it's because the Holy Spirit is not being allowed to do his job. He tells you do A, and then you say, the, the Bible says B. Allow the Spirit of God to lead you. Allow the Spirit of God to guide you and to direct you. He knows more than you know. He knows more than has been written. He knows more than has been spoken. He knows more than has been recorded. Sometimes we share certain information and people are like, how did you know? But it's like when you are explaining. That's because we are reading God. You are reading the Bible. You have to know the God of the Bible before you can understand the Bible. Let's read another scripture. The reason why I, the reason why I've packed a lot of verses is because I want to really concretize this point that the Bible is not perfect and it is not complete. It is not. And if you can argue with the scriptures that I've given you, argue with them. Because everything I'm saying is not my word. It's in your own Bible. Let's read now the book of Ephesians. But the book of Hebrews has done a good job by informing you that you have been made perfect. He has perfected forever. What the law could not do, he has done it by his spirit. The law could not make anything perfect. But he, 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 not it, he has perfected forever. Now let's read the book of Ephesians. Let all the perfect people read the book of Ephesians. Let's read Ephesians 4 verse 12 and 13. Ephesians 4 verse 12 and 13. Ephesians 4 verse 12 and 13. In the book of Ephesians, Paul was communicating the reason why God gave people as gifts. The apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers. Why did God give these people? That is because according to the ordinances of the heavenly kingdom, there is a certain protocol established for mentorship. And this protocol demands that the Bible says that, and they are built, who are the day? He's referring to the saints of God, the believers. They are built upon the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. So there is that, there is that synergy and that connection between the apostolic office and the prophetic office. The apostolic office is responsible for the divine administrative functions of God's mind. The prophetic is responsible for the declarations of the speakings of the spirit. And then Jesus comes as the 
as the perfect image to give you a painting of the concept that should be in your mind. The Bible says, and these things that were hidden from other ages past, he has now declared them by his spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. So there are people who God himself has appointed and he has made them custodians of the mysteries of God. The things that I'm speaking is not because I have learned it from a school somewhere. We have been with he that is from the beginning. The Bible says, I write unto you, fathers, for you have known him that is from the beginning. We have seen him. We have touched him. We have handled him. We have had conversations with him. That is why we are very sure of the things that we see. Now let's read. The reason why this People have been given to the body of Christ to be a blessing for the edifying of the body so that every part can function effectively and efficiently. It's because of this. Why God has sent some of us and why he has assigned some of us is to upgrade the knowledge that we have concerning God and to bring the people of God into perfection. Perfect knowledge, perfect understanding. Let's read verse 12 of Ephesians 4. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now notice something here. What God wants you to know, the ultimate knowledge God wants you to have, is not the Bible. God don't want you to know the Bible. He wants you to know the Son of God. And everybody can agree with me that the Bible is not the Son of God. The Bible is not Jesus. Meaning, if all you know is the Bible, you don't know Jesus much. You know about him, but you don't know him. But God wants us to come to a place where we will have the knowledge of the Son of God, not the knowledge of scriptures, not the knowledge of verses and chapters, not the knowledge of denominations, the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But the Bible does not contain the fullness of Christ. It does not. The Spirit of God is the one responsible for conveying Christ. He's the one responsible for transferring Christ, for transferring life, for distributing power and grace. Peter received an idea and Jesus looked at him and said, This that you have spoken, it was given to you by no man but the Father that is in heaven. What you know, who gave it to you? What, what is the originalized ideas that you have derived not from the Bible, but from God? Apart from what the Bible is saying about God, what else do you know about this God? Are we saying that God is so small that we, we have been able to trap him in a book? No. Let us not limit him. He is able to do far exceedingly beyond what we have thought and imagined. 
we have to come to the knowledge of the son of god and the only one that knows the son is the spirit it's the spirit that's why the people were having bibles and yet jesus said you don't know me you don't know the word you don't know for no one knows the father except the son likewise the son knows no man except the father and to him that the son has revealed it takes the son of god to reveal god but the son of god reveals god by the spirit that's why the bible says we move from faith to faith from glory to glory all at the expense of the spirit of god we have silenced the holy spirit and all we keep doing is amplifying the voice of what is written i'm not saying that we should not use what is written i will come and give you how it should be used and how it should guide you but that is not the ultimate Let's read just two more verses and then we wrap, it, we wrap it up. Let's read Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 1. Hebrews 6, verse 1. Very interesting scripture. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. When you read the other versions, it says, leaving the elementary principles. You see, most of the things that we, we think are deep revelations, in the kingdom of God, it is for elementary class. If up to now we have to be teaching you about Christ, the kingdom and the king, all those things are elementary. That's because we are babes. So we are being fed with milk. But the Bible says, see that used milk is unskillful in the gospel of truth. We have become unskillful people. Let, therefore living God wants us to graduate he wants us to progress living the principles of the doctrine of Christ the teachings of Christ by now we should have finished that curriculum and now we should have been graduating into higher things let us go on to perfection Whereby we say we know in part and we prophesy in part. God wants us to upgrade our knowledge until we can say that now we don't know in part. We now have the perfect law of liberty. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. What, is, what does this mean? It says that, we should not be laying again the foundations. There are certain things that are foundational teachings. Up till now, you want somebody to come and tell you, What is such a? Do you know what repentance is? What you are glorifying and thinking that is the ultimate thing that we should preach. God says it is elementary. Elementary. It's not even primary. Elementary. We should not always be laying foundations of repentance. When are we going to finish that subject? And now we begin now. He says, let us go on to faith towards God. Now, we have to know things that initiate us into the God realm. Whereby what you believe is not just about you believe God. And that you believe that you and God, you have become one. 
and that now you are God. For he that is joined with Christ is one spirit. The spirit bears witness with our spirit and we cry, Abba, Father. Do we have faith towards God? God wants human beings to graduate from being human beings. He wants you now to have the faith of God. That what you believe is that you believe that you are God. You have been made a God. But we, we, we are really, really struggling trying to bring people into these dimensions and into these realms. Because even the elementary teachings, they say it is deep. The shallow things that we teach, they say is deep. So sometimes we imagine, what if we begin to teach the deep things? Jesus said to Nicodemus, I have spoken to you of earthly things, and yet you do not believe. If I speak of heavenly things, will you believe? And you know what Jesus was referring to as earthly things? Salvation. Yes, you say salvation. Earthly thing. They are not mysteries in heaven. They are not mysteries. It is an earthly thing. It is one of the basic elementary things in God. Wow. If all you are preaching is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Oh, oh you KG teacher. <laughs> there is nothing wrong in being that. But what I'm suggesting is there are higher realms that God wants to invite you into. He said to John, come up here and I will show you until we upgrade our knowledge concerning God. There are things that we cannot see. But you can only be transformed into what you have been exposed to. We all with unveiled faces, we behold the image and then we are changed into that image. In Fonina, yet church no. Some So the dimensions of God that you have never seen, you cannot manifest it. And yet we are going to need those dimensions of God to survive in these last days. But if we begin to speak of such things, we will be greatly persecuted. It is written in my heart because that is where God writes his word. He says, in this New Testament, I will put my law in their mind and write them upon the tablet of their heart. So if, if in the subsequent years ahead if you see me saying things that you don't find in the bible and you want to find where it is written it is written in shepherd chapter 2 verse 3 in my heart that is where you can find that scripture because he lives in me is he in you is he in you god wants us to go on to perfection he wants us to go on to perfection. One last verse, and then I will release you to go because some of us are already having theological bruises already. But I believe God will help us. Now let's read John chapter 15, verse number 26. John 15, 26. And I'm concluding on my teachings for today. John 15, 20 says what does the apostle have to say now this was jesus himself speaking and then he says but when he, the comforter is come whom i will send unto you from the father even the spirit of truth which proceeded from the father he shall testify of me 
Now, please notice that the Bible, Jesus said, they testify of him, meaning that the Bible is a witness. But Jesus now is giving you another witness. He says, the witness that I'm now going to give you is the spirit, not the Bible. Jesus did not hand over to us the Bible. What Jesus handed over to us is the spirit. That's why he says, tarry in Jerusalem until the spirit will come upon you. And when he, the spirit of truth is come, he shall make you witnesses unto me. So that now you are in a place where now you are representing God. That whatever Jesus would have done had he been there, when you get there, you do it on his behalf. Can God trust you with his responsibilities? Can God ask you to do what he wants, he has to do? But now we have been given a witness. But what is this witness coming to do? Chapter 16 now. John chapter 16, let's read verse 13. The thing that the Bible could not do, this is what the Spirit came to do. Verse 13 of John 16. How be it when he, excuse me, how be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. How many truths? all not some the bible just told you it doesn't have all but the spirit will guide you into not some of the truth but all truth all truth and jesus said i am the truth i have already proven to us that the bible is not the truth of god so when the spirit is guiding you into all truth it means that he has the capacity to teach you all the dimensions and the aspects of god that you come to a place where you can even study the, the neurological studies of God. Can you check the heartbeat of God and know the temperature of God? That you know that today God is not happy. <laughs> he will teach you and guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that which he shall speak, and he will show you things to come this is very interesting the spirit of god is mandated to show you not things that has been not things that are but things to come now notice that jesus is not just the first he is also the last meaning that there are things about him that is still in the future but you cannot know the future of god if you don't have the true witness, the Spirit of God, He is the true and authentic and accredited witness. The truth. He will show you things to come. Ladies and gentlemen, the things that are about to unfold upon the face of the earth are very dreadful things. And there are certain formulas that we have been using that is no longer going to work in these last days. Have you seen the path of God that can handle the future events? Or all that you know is what they have told you about God and what you know about God. The Holy Spirit did not just come to, to teach us the things that have been. 
wa maso be chere niema abe chem ni niema e woho oba se niema swa e be banu obe chere meaning that before the arrival of the holy spirit there were already scriptures and even up to today the bible is existing and yet there are still many things that god is still saying that cannot be recorded in the bible have you heard those things do you know those things he will teach you things to come things to come i summarize my long speech with a final verse second peter chapter 1 verse 12 and we call it a day second peter chapter 1 verse 12. let's read please second peter chapter 1 verse number 12. wherefore i will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though you know them and be established in the present truth ladies and gentlemen if jesus is the truth and we are being told about a present truth it also means there is a past truth if there is a present and a past truth it also means there is a future truth that is why the holy spirit has to tell you what jesus is saying now and he has to remind you of what jesus said and he has to also show you what jesus will say until your faculties can capture all these dimensions of knowledge your knowledge is not perfect you don't have the perfect law that can liberate people this present truth so do not be deceived anybody at all can manipulate your your intelligence and deceive you the fact that the thing is coming from the bible does not make it the word of god for you it is not everything in the bible that is applicable to your life there is a past truth it is truth but it is past but there is what is called a present truth and the present truth that i am propagating is this concept of the kingdom of god and its righteousness the present truth is that god don't want you to see yourself as a man anymore he wants you to be god he wants you to graduate and come into the god realm let us leave the first principles of the elementary teachings of christ not laying again dead works and the foundations of repentance but unto faith towards god that we become perfect the bible says that a student is not greater than his teacher and a servant is not greater than his master but there is a contradictory statement again he says but he that has learned and has become perfect he shall be as his master if you learn god and you you become perfect in that studies you become god i have submitted to you this day that the bible is not perfect and it is not complete 
but there is that which is perfect and complete and it can only be found in men he has perfected them forever them that are sanctified this has been the global online kingdom network my name remains shepherd gideon and until you hear this voice again stay blessed and meditate upon these things the bible says that when paul finished teaching they will go and check with the scriptures whether the things he said is so or not so you have every liberty to verify everything i've said from your own scriptures god bless you and i love you all bye bye